Hello and welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63. It is season five, episode three, and we are less than a week until Ramblers basketball. Uh, and what better time to talk about our Rambler preview? Uh, so this week we're diving into the team, into the roster, the schedule, our awards predictions, um, and anything in between. Uh, this is the go-to episode for our predictions for 2022-2023 season. Um, Lou, how's it going? Uh, how are the rafters? Are they getting any work done? Last-minute edits to the stadium? Well, I can't wait for all of us to see on Sunday. Um, but, like, we have so many teams in the A-10. <laughs> so putting up <laughs> banners is going to be t- quite, quite, quite tough. But we'll probably see an adjustment there, maybe some new things. Um, but, again, I think we're ex- all excited. Um, especially for us, we weren't able to get to open practice. So uh, seeing that court. Um, in person with the new conference logo, little new uh, things at the end, right? Um, mm-hmm. Something maybe in the blurs um, section, but yeah, very excited, very excited. And also new seats, so can't wait. Itching at it. We're under a week away and under a week until we see uh, a, a, a game on on Gentile's floor. If you look up at the, at the uh, banners and you only see 13, Maybe just peek behind the Dayton one, and that's where you'll you'll find Fordham or LaSalle. Honestly, they probably want to hide those ones. Uh, oh. No, but <laughs> I was thinking more Duquesne. But you know what? Oh, Every, true. Everyone, everyone has their team. Everyone has their team. Yeah. yeah. Um, great. Well, we will be right back, and we'll be talking more Loyola Ramblers basketball. Stay tuned, and don't forget: always remember, go Blurs. He jumps. He passes out to Hunter. Hunter shoots off the rim. Brown gets the score. And we are back. So the first thing we're going to tackle here is the schedule. Uh, I think it's a pretty good schedule. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit uh, here and there. Uh, I talked about a little bit with Kevin Sweeney last week as well. I think overall, at least personally, I'm happy with the uh, non-conference schedule. There's some fun games on here. There's some rivalry games, inner city games, a couple new teams. Actually, probably more than a couple new teams, at least in recent memory. Um, but yeah, there's some some fun things on here. Um, Lou, I know you had some stuff you wanted to talk about specifically, uh, just at least regarding the schedule. Why don't you just kind of uh, give us your initial thoughts, and then uh, maybe talk about what categories of games we'll, we'll be discussing. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, just kind of, again, we're in that preseason-esque mode, even though we're under a week. Uh, I think the biggest thing um, is just talking about the first half, and that first half is going to be non-con. Um, again, uh, this year we don't have any um, conference game. Uh, before uh, conference play starts. Though technically, we could see UMass in the Myrtle Beach uh, <laughs> uh, tournament, which would be kind of hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I think the biggest thing really is non-con. Um, that's something you, you and I have discussed when the schedule came out. We are very happy one. Um, there's no one below D1 <laughs> on the non-con. Mm-hmm. Um, again, yes, exhibition this Sunday is an NAIA team, but there's no one under D1, right? And I think that's the biggest thing uh, for a strong uh, non-conference schedule. Um, especially, I, I think it was smart how Drew set it up, right, is that overall we set up a non-conference that had opportunities there. There's plenty of opportunities to make a splash, 
but also kind of just some protection in preparation for a conference play, I think, right? Truly, I think that's a smart way to go about it. Um, I think games we're really going to want to talk about right now are kind of games that we think are going to be turning points um, and really see what, what grind the team's going to be maybe put through. Um, maybe a fun game that we're really excited for. Um, and then, of course, I think we're both eyeing the DePaul game, so we don't have to go too much into it. Um, but really just those two things, Buck, I, I would have to say what game or games that you see right away are going to be, one, maybe a fun game, and there are two, which game do you think might be a big turning point? I think that's the biggest thing with this team. Majority new starters, right? Um, a whole new conference uh, to prepare for. So what are you what are you looking for here in the non-conference? I think for me, a fun game, uh, and this one's kind of crept up on me, and it's really not too far away, is the game at UIC. Um, I'm really looking forward to uh, the turnout from our own fans. It'd be fun to kind of have a you know little away game uh, that's not too far from home. Um, I, we we were looking at tickets for that, and I'm pretty sure the ticketing office was saying that they don't have very many of their allotted tickets, if any. Probably at this point, they probably don't have any tickets left. Um, and so I think that'll be fun. I think that's going to be kind of reminiscent of that DePaul game. I think it's an early important game too. Uh, I don't think UIC is supposed to be all that good, but first of all, it's against a Valley team, which you know we need to make our presence known against Valley teams. Also, a Chicago team. We need to make sure that we have the upper leg on other Chicago teams. And I think third, um, most likely, uh, we won't see Sheldon Edwards for this game. Uh, we'll probably see a fair share of uh, the the uh, freshmen. I was going to call them rookie guards. I guess they are, but freshman guards, either Jaden Dawson or Jalen Quinn. And I think it'll be early for that, or important for them to like start up early and get going rather than. Um, rather than fall behind, it'll be some good experience for them. Uh, an away game where probably the crowd will be mostly in their favor, I'm guessing. I've never been to a UIC basketball game, but I can't imagine that they have a packed stadium all the time. Um, so that's like my fun game that I think is like sneakily important uh, for us. And then a hard game, um, probably, I think Stanford's going to be pretty darn good this year. Uh, I've seen some of the um, Ken Palm and I can't in Metrics, I can't remember their numbers off the top of my head, but I do remember they're pretty decent. Um, they do have some some good games, uh, you know, out west. Obviously, like they're part of a, a pretty good conference um, in Pac-12 uh, or is it Pac-10? I always mis uh, misname it. Um, you got it. You got it. Pac-12. Pac well, okay. two teams are leaving, so maybe they'll have to go back to the Pac-10. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. Uh, but they, they have plenty of great opportunities to, to win some games. Um, and uh, I think that's a fun, like, travel out west sort of game. It's a neutral, but not really neutral because it's in California, uh, which is much closer for Stanford. But, um, yeah, I think right before the non con or, or sorry, right before the conference schedule, uh, it'll be an important game uh, for Loyola to kind of check in, see how they're doing. Uh, one last test before conference season starts. So, yeah, I, I'd say USC and, and Stanford are some of the games I'm looking forward to this year. Yeah, no, that's you. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think USC is just one there, um, one on the list that I think is exciting. Um, we've renewed this one for quite some time now. Um, I think it's been at least, if I correct myself, I don't know if we count the COVID year. No, right. Um, mm -hmm. 
but it's been nearly, I think, five straight years, maybe longer. I think, actually, if I look back, we've nearly played them almost every year, um, even after we left the... Um, for UIC? Um, for UIC, yeah. Yeah, so, I think I saw it since, like, 2006 or 2007, actually. Yeah, and consistent. I think we didn't play them 2019 to 2020, mm-hmm. which uh, that's actually technically, I guess, not COVID year, so um, don't know what happened there. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's just a renewing of something that I like to see, right? I like having some type of contract, uh, home and home or home and away, right? Um, of just like a team that's local and close, um, teams that actually are close and want to play us. Um, I think that also maybe helps strengthen the maybe DePaul contract and happy we have them on the list again, but it's local. I think it's also a matchup that last year, I don't know if people remember, that first half was kind of shaky for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we'll have a completely pretty much new UIC roster. And they are a Valley team, right? So um, kind of something to uh, make a notice that. So excited for that for sure. Um, I'm actually, I, I do really think the Stanford game is probably a key, key moment, right? It's the last non-conference game. Um, but honestly, I'm going to go to the Harvard game. Could it be my turning point? Mm-hmm. Only for the fact that it's the first game after the MTE, and okay. I think yeah. um, yes, we'll we'll only technically have five games played. Um, I, I'm I have a vision of what I want those first five games to be, but the Harvard game is also right after Thanksgiving, so it's the Friday after, so kind of tough. But it's kind of how I think we continue something because that's a game that we could let slip if we had a great MTE and that could hurt us, or we could. Uh, again just push push the gas and just keep going right so um i think that sets up maybe even to paul so i really think that's where uh it's going to be for me um and then the back half again is just stacked with i think key opponents and then kind of a buffer in between which is really nice so excited overall for the non-conference i think that's just been the biggest thing is that we found a way to find key games but also not put ourselves in a position where we can we couldn't win right i think all these games are capable i think depending on the team that shows up early on in the season these are very capable games so yeah excited um very happy uh we have a strong schedule and i think it's going to set us up well nice for conference play but yeah it's really crazy to think we got this sunday uh nice again that it's a kind of a good exhibition game but really excited for the schedule i like it a lot buck any last words on the schedule or anything you wanted to dive into um, nothing super specific as far as opponents go, but do you want to just like maybe make some predictions? Like, do you want to? Yeah, you want to? You want to take a stab get a little fancy? Our, yeah, yeah. I feel like last year we did this where we kind of broke it down in, into segments, right? Where we kind of took the first four, maybe like the first two plus the MTE, and mm-hmm. and then like continue on. Um, I'm trying to like look at it myself now. I think uh, just in terms of the MTE, I think two out of three is very realistic. And honestly, less than two out of three might look like somewhat of a failure. Yeah, Yeah, disappointment. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I would say say I'm thinking two out of three for the MTE because I think if we do end up getting to the championship, Texas A&M is going to be real challenging, assuming that's who we play. But they would be very challenging. Um, And I, I really do think we need to win those first two games. So that first section there, I'd say four out of five. Then we're looking like Harvard, Central Arkansas, DePaul. Um, and, yeah, again, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe Harvard's going to be tough. I think DePaul might be tough. But that Central Arkansas should be a gimme. I mean, like, again, maybe two out of three there would be would be great. Anything less than that's not too good. 
And then Green Bay and Clemson. I mean, you know, I, uh, oh, oh, wow. Why am I missing? Green Bay, Clemson, Albany, Stanford. Uh, it, yeah, I think three out of four there would be actually a, a good uh, outcome. Um, you know, I think dropping one against Clemson or Stanford and winning the other one would probably be a pretty good look. Um, so, yeah, what is that? <laughs> four out of five, two out of three, so that's six out of eight, and then three out of four. Uh, what nine out of twelve? Yeah. Uh, so like nine and three. I think nine and three is probably my guess. Although, uh, yeah, I think anything above nine and three would be a, a big win. Like if we go ten and two, I think we're looking great. I think that we're looking kind of toward the top of the A ten, right? That top three, and at nine and three, I think we're probably looking like four or five spot, and then less than that, we'll be probably stuck in in some of that mess there uh, after the four or five spot so i'm gonna go i'm gonna be hopeful i'm gonna go 10 and 2 let's say I'm gonna go okay 10 and two. just to clarify two being stanford and an mte game hopefully again yeah the i'm trying to think which one i would predict they'd lose before i think i think they'll they'll have a hot spot in the middle and they're gonna they're gonna drop one against stanford right right before the uh conference schedule it kind of be a little bit of an eye opener for them so Gotcha. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go drop in the championship game in the MTE, and then a hot, a hot spot after that, and then drop in the last conference game against Stanford. Okay, uh, okay. How about you? What say you? Yeah, I think uh, honestly, yeah. T- um, if if you don't make it to the championship of the MTE, I I would say it'd be maybe a disappointment. Now again, I'm saying this a little clouded with thinking of last year's team, so understanding that it is kind of a different team. Um, so maybe my adjustments might change come again after UIC, but I really do think if this team wants to be competitive um, in either not just conference, but with the nation rankings and all that, I think going to the championship game is is a big is a big bonus, right? Um, so if you can pull out two out of three, and if it is Texas A&M, I think you're just naturally going to be the higher ranked team in that MT. Um, I think that would be a huge huge benefit so um and then for me i i wanted to say if depaul was at depaul i'd say that would be a question mark um i do think it's a game we can't like take like not take serious um Mm -hmm. because yes they might have been preseason last for big east um i don't think the preseason being last really says you're going to be last um i think the way things can shape up a team could have a good game and just change you right so i think having that mindset of not thinking that's an easy game that would be great um honestly i'm gonna go probably with stanford um probably is gonna be that other second loss for me so really it's gonna be i'm leaning on a nine and three record Mm -hmm. um and the reason why so again we're bowling through the first few losing one of mte um, winning at Harvard, Central Arkansas. DePaul, I actually think we're going to win. We're home. I think we get that advantage with, again, that student section on the screen now. I'm going to be very happy. Um, I'm just, again, a little nervous um, traveling to Atlanta and to Santa Cruz. Atlanta may be more neutral. Yes, Santa Cruz is going to be a neutral game, I think. It's going to be marked as. Yeah. But that's like maybe an hour from Stanford. Now, again, the only benefit to our is or I don't know it, it kind of stinks for the guys but it's going to be right near Christmas so I don't know how many people are going to be going to a game that's not near Stanford uh, but maybe it's 
people who are alum who live in Santa Cruz. I don't know, right? I don't expect too many. There's definitely not going to be students there is what I guess my thing is, right? Um, not as many as like Vanderbilt, right, uh, that we've kind of seen when we went down there in December. So, yeah, Stanford and Clemson I'm just more concerned about because they're tr- away games. You won't have the kind of boost that I think our home genteel uh, students give. Um, so I think that's just a bummer there for sure. Um, and uh, I think those two won't hinder our progression into conference play. I think they could be definitely wake-up calls because I think the Clemson game for sure, just the way that team is now for Clemson, I think that's a winnable game, very winnable. I think the Stanford one as well potentially, but um, I, I think coming out of here 9-3 and three isn't a disappointment. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity to be 10-2, and two, to be potentially 11-1. and one. Um, So I think it's not that they can't do it. It's just that they got to be kind of aware. Um, and then not let things slip up and be an eight and four. I think eight and four wouldn't look terrible, but it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be like, oh, this is a very strong team. Um, I think anything below nine wins would put into question of just how if we're really a four seed kind of in the preseason poll of eight ten. So that's just kind of again the the thing we have to think about. Again, we're this is preseason. We know we have injuries kind of right now with some people, right? We don't know when Sheldon's going to get back, potentially maybe a month right out. So a month mm-hmm. from now would be potentially at the end of the MTE, uh, maybe right before Harvard. So that alone is a, a different roster that you had kind of halfway through the non-con, right? So the thing with that is rosters might change. And again, I'm really hoping we use Fairly Dickinson and UIC to figure out rotations because mm-hmm. once you can lock down and I think figure out a rotation, and again, things are going to change. We saw that last year with CK and everything. I think that helps benefit how you prep for the the opponent. And I think the prep's going to be really important here. But yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go nine and three, be a little optimistic, but I think it's, I think it's an exciting thing to talk about for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Looking uh, looking good, I guess. I mean, it should be fun, non-con. Uh, plenty of games at home, which is always fun. And, always uh, fun. Yeah, yeah, it should be some, some good matchups. Do we want to uh, bet if uh, – do we want to take a bet here? Do we agree UIC will be more loyal of fans than uh, UIC fans? <laughs> it was we'll, darn close at DePaul last year, I'll tell you. It was probably It was. It was, and the stadiums are actually not too far from each other. Yeah. Um, so I don't think – again, hoping – um, I don't know I, if we're are we did we do buses? No, we didn't do buses no. last year. To, to the only thing I'm worried about, I saw one of the I think one of the uh, Loyola grads or alum or whatever fans works for UIC and and he said that that's their like homecoming or that's their alumni weekend game or something oh. something to that effect. Oh yeah, we we saw that with they hey, for listeners who don't know if you didn't see our tweet, they increased the ticket price for us. Yeah. Because we're that we're that special. So, um yeah. No, that's a good I point. I still that's think it's point. yeah, I think it'll be close. I think I'm just, You know what? I'm going to go for. It. I think it will be. I think there'll be more loyal fans. I'm going to I I it. think so too. I think so too, but who, who knows? The alumni I think we saw they have like a lounge section. So maybe they, their yeah. alumni will be in this lounge section, so for sure, but no, excited mm-hmm. for that. I think that that's going to be a really great kickoff nearly to our season besides our home opener. Cuz again, it's nearly we're playing at home, but I know we're not, so but it's right. so close. So. They get to sleep in their own beds after winning. They do, and before, you just take a bus from Loyola and you just go down early. Yeah. <laughs> so there enough. you go. 
Absolutely. Uh, should we get into the, the roster a little bit here? Let's do it. We have a roster, and it's Sweet. a new one. It is. It is. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of new pieces, um, some familiar faces as well. Um, I think kind of just they'll start off with some of those returners uh, and, and two that should make a huge impact this year. And our uh, starting senior guards uh, both have an extra year of eligibility in Braden Norris and Marquise Kennedy. Um, I think these two are just going to be extremely important. Um, I've mentioned it. I can't remember if it was last with Kevin or I think it actually might have been on the A10 Talk podcast a couple weeks ago. But um, for Marquise Kennedy, it's simple. It's just him staying healthy. Um, There's really nothing else I'm too worried about. I I know he didn't shoot all that great from three last season, but I'm, you know, I think he'll be able to comfortably shoot 30%, 33%. But that's not what's important about his game. It's his ability to to drive to the hoop. Um, His passing, I think, got a lot better last year. And his tenacity on defense. Uh, averaged over a steal a game last year. Um, he's known to have some uh, extraordinary block shots too. I mean, you know, reminiscent of blocking Kofi Coburn in the in the round of 32 game against Illinois. Um, yeah, for Marquise, it's it's all about staying healthy. Uh, him and Braden, I think, are a great combo. Uh, you know, maybe a little undersized for the A10, but. Uh, Marquise is surely uh, one of the more athletic players, even in a far more athletic uh, conference this year. Um, And then for Braden, I I think uh, this team is going to, uh, I think I've said it, but the floor of this team, so like their their minimum ability, I think rests a lot with Braden and what he brings every game, the leadership, the captain, right? Uh, Bringing the ball up the court most often, his efficiency in shooting, I think we'll see his assist numbers go up. I'd be shocked if he's not averaging over five and a half assists this game or this year. I think with uh, like if you just look at stats from last year, he averaged almost four assists a game, and Lucas averaged three assists a game, and those were the two guys that were most often handling the ball, along with Marquise. Um, you know, Lucas is gone now, so I think Braden coupled with a a really top tier um, Big East starting center and Bryce Golden. I think those two, I hope, I mean, it's yet to be seen, but I, I would believe that they'll have some great chemistry, lots of pick and rolls, some pick and pops. Um, I think that the Loyola is going to want to move the ball a lot quicker, uh, maybe more fast break opportunities, and that just leads to more um, open court and, and let, letting Braden show off his passing ability. Um, so, yeah, for him, it's just going to be an adjustment of having the ball in his hands, I think, more often. Uh, maybe a, a little bit more uh, like shot opportunities late in the shot clock for him, which might lead to some some lower efficiency shooting numbers. Um, but uh, I do think that he's going to take a step up. I think he's ready for that challenge. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for those two. Uh, any any notes on those two, or do you want to you want to talk about someone else? Or well, uh, you yeah, have you to talk go? about yeah, we have to talk about Brain just because he's the most. I think he's the highest assist per game we have coming into the to the season, right? So the ball movement can't then solely only be Braden. Yes, I think he'll find a way to get his assist, but if he's going to be our top shooter, we need to be a lot of off-ball. So I think it's less about Braden controlling the tempo. I think he can easily do that. I think he can take over the leadership. But I think it's going to be on guys like Marquise Kennedy, whether it be Sheldon Edwards or Wilson maybe even. or even I, I, We were going to be very intrigued to see guard play behind 
Dawson, Quinn, even I don't know if Trey. Well, again, we're gonna see maybe um, if Trey's gonna be a guard. I think he'll probably slot into that small forward, maybe shooting guard, just with six six. But um, I think it's gonna be very interesting. Who can we rely on to move the ball? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not looking for seven assists a game. I'm fine even if people if we start noticing right a divide of assist. Right. If three guys get three assists a game, that's that's really okay because that's ball moving being shared. And I think that's the biggest thing for me when it comes to Braden's role is that Braden also has a shot and we kind of have to see if he can get it off off ball, right? Um, I think that's an opportunity there for sure. Um, and then the biggest highlight for me um, outside of Braden Norse um, is just going to be defense. I'm wondering who's going to step up. Uh, mm-hmm. we, of course, you had Lucas being the lockdown defender um, and just being – all, in my opinion, all Valley defender, uh, for sure. Um, another thing is for sure is you had guys progress like a year. And is it the time for, I think, who we're going to talk about this year, and we've heard Sweeney talk about it, and we've heard Drew talk about him, is going to be St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy, but I really hope he doesn't feel like he has a target on his back. I think that's the biggest thing going into this. He's technically... Still a sophomore, right? I just want to make mm-hmm. sure we get that. He doesn't right. get the extra year. He doesn't either. get the year, yeah. Yeah. But they yeah. So I think the thing is he only has three years left. Um, I think this is a year that will really change his trajectory with the team and with the program. Just because I think he needs to not think of himself as just a one one role person. I think mm-hmm. with his ability as athleticism, he can just try to filter multiple roles, right? Not everything needs to be a three, but shoot when open. But you can also drive, look to dip, but then also really something we didn't see too much because, again, he came off the bench averaging, what, six minutes a game, is that that defense. I really think he could potentially be someone that if with his athleticism you put up in the paint like we did here this past season and the season before, guarding an A.J. Green-type player, right, or guarding maybe Smith on Dayton, right, Guarding or uh, Collins even right at SLU right guarding point guards or guarding sco- true scores that we can defend with length that are also athletic. I think that's kind of my big goal for Saint, and that's kind of my big outtake is that I think Saint with his wingspan that he could potentially um, make make an impact on the defense that would be surprising but also not finding one role. I think a multi kind of utility player in baseball terms, right? Finding multiple situations that you can fit yourself in um, is the big one. And I think just the biggest question mark, I don't think we really talked about this. I know you mentioned Bryce, but just the center play. I think that's going to be the biggest question. We've had that. We've had in and outs of centers not consistent over the last like year to year. Um, So I think that's the biggest question mark, unless you had a big question mark. But I think – those are kind of the biggest topics when it comes to key uh, headlines coming this season. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think there are just a lot of question marks in general, but a lot of like possible answers as well. It's not just like, oh man, we got six freshmen, no idea how they're going to fit in, right? It, it, you know, even though we only do have five returning players, uh, active players from last year, mm. uh, a lot of these, you know, the transfers we got are very effective and. We even have a player on our team who redshirted last year, and Ben Schweiger, who I'm very excited about seeing this year. 
the highlight I, the, the highlight videos are just teasers. I, I they I, are. Kind of, I, he played and he played well in. in he France, did. That's I the thought. thing that's crazy. It's like these these videos, these highlights, which are great. Again, shout out Austin. Um, it's just like it's teasing me. I'm like, I really mm-hmm. want to see what. And again, I don't think we can call him whatever we did last year, little swagger. Like I think he's his own. He's six seven, so he's <laughs> yeah. not little. So I'm no. You're absolutely right. I think he's a wild card like an Uno that just is could burst out, and I'd be very excited. But there's 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 question marks there because he has no stats and they right. redshirted. So no, you're absolutely right for sure. So just I'm one looking, point I yeah, have on one point I have is like you said. There's a lot of answers. When do you? Like, are you going to wait until after non-con? Like, what is it with this team? Do you have, mm-hmm. like, a expectation in mind to have things answered? Like, for me, I'm going to wait until after the MTE to see how the center play goes, right? Sure. So do we put both of them out there, right? The last MTE we played, some certain center on our team dropped, like, 22 points. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I think there's a lot of upside to both guys. I just also have to have in the back of my head the like kind of future, but again, we don't know, right? We don't know what that looks like. So, but I'm just curious on your whole point of there. There's a lot of answers. I agree, mm-hmm. there will be, but do you have like a timeline? Because I do. So I'm just yeah. curious. Yeah, I think the timeline for your bigs, that, like centers, I think that that makes sense. They're all healthy, right? You know, fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Fingers crossed. Yep, exactly. Quite yeah. literally. Um, but yeah, I think that that makes sense, right? Like, I think we will very much know. I think Bryce Golden is going to get the biggest opportunity, and then we'll see like how Welch and and uh, Hudson fit in. As for the other positions, I think I think the point guard position is very you know very cut and dry. Like Braden's going to get the ball. I think Marquise is going to get like every opportunity to just fully back him up. Um, and you know, obviously they're going to split minutes at some point. But I think those two are pretty set in stone too. Um, but then every I think all the other positions two, three, four, very much rely on. Uh, when Sheldon Edwards comes back, I, 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 you know, he's probably not going to play the four, but he could play the two or three. He could even get some reps as the point guard. You know, it just depends like how, if they want to go small or if they want to go big. So I, I do think that I, for those positions, we, it's more of a wait and see until like the end of the non-conference season, because I want to see how Sheldon works with the rest of the crew. Um, I want to see if, if they can play, uh, with Braden, Marquise, and Sheldon, or if that's too small, or potentially um, too uh, like potentially the defense might not be as great as it could be. I think the A10 is going to be really athletic, so I'm not sure if the clo- if that's the closing lineup we'd go with, or if it's Braden, Marquise, Saint, and Phil Alston, where it's a little bit more rebounding, a little bit more ability to switch like two through four, right? Those positions mm-hmm. on defense. Um. So no, you, yeah, that that's gonna be until after the the non conference for me. Yeah, actually, you know what? I think that brings up a great point. It's right. It's like, is it on Drew now and the coaching staff to figure out the rotations? We but we did see adjustments here and there in multiple games. Right? CK would start, but then we'd have maybe Tate in, or like it just the lineups do change. And I don't think necessarily we're gonna be like Aaron Boone here and changing lineups game back-to-backs mm-hmm. and just messing with the team, but I think it's going to be a benefit to the opponent. I think mm-hmm. if we're going up against teams that have three guys, maybe six, eight and higher, um, or then teams that run the floor, you're going to want to have athletics. I don't know if Bryce Golden can keep up with an athletic team, right? 
or even Huddy. I don't know the offseason they've put in. I don't know their speed, right? So for all I know, we can have a very tall athletic lineup, right? With with even there, would there be ever be a lineup, probably not starting a game, there might be a rotation that doesn't include Braden for a little bit, where mm-hmm. would it have Tom Welch? Would it have um, Jacob or, uh, or Golden? And even just guys who are just, can spread themselves and lock down a defense. So, again, it's it's going to be a very big question mark, and I agree. I think the first half is what you do and where you do the testing, you do the rotations. You got it, right? No mm-hmm. one has enough time. Drew said in his media day, going to France is a huge benefit. You get to see things. So playing against each other is great and all, but it really matters when you start playing games that you can mess with rotations, test things out. Because until you see it live, you you don't really know. I think what gels. So, yeah, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it maybe until the Clemson game to see a like solidified rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, knock on wood, that's all gonna depend on health, and that's all gonna depend on um, different things for sure. So, um, very excited though to even think about it. Like in my head right now, I'm envisioning Ben Swagger just like going for a dunk off the bench. <laughs> But for all I know, he might start on Sunday. I don't know, but Sunday is yeah. getting me very excited. But yeah, I, I think here's one little insight that I mean, I it's just a guess. But mm-hmm. if we see lineups with Braden, Marquise, and then also one of the freshman guards like Jalen Quinn or Jaden Dawson, I think that is probably Valentine's way of checking out to see if that if Marquise and Braden might work with Sheldon Edwards, like. Because they're approximately the same size. They're obviously different skill sets, but like him really trying to lean into that three guard rotation. And it's, mm-hmm. if we see it, I think that is probably him testing that out. All we know, like Sheldon Edwards might be back and, and only miss like three or four games. And then it's really not too big of a, a loss there. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see how, how much action those, those freshman guards get. Um, we saw some really great stuff out of Jalen Quinn in France, and I've been hearing a ton of really positive stuff about Jaden Dawson. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see how those two do, um, and if if any of them can win any minutes away uh, consistently throughout the season. Like I I think there is a role for one of the freshman uh, players in that same sort of St. Thomas role from last year. Come in toward the end of the first half, provide some energy. Um, that yeah, that sort of thing, uh, and I'm I'm intrigued to see if any one of those three can uh, can win some minutes with some really uh, great play at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that's I think my last point, and it stems off yours because you bring I, something that just triggered in my head was that I think this year there's more of an opportunity for so-called bench players slash freshmen slash newcomers to find a role just because mm-hmm. we didn't have so many returning guys. Right. <laughs> right. There, there, there is now a plot. There is an opening meaning like drew doesn't have Tate. He doesn't have Lucas. He doesn't have a here. He has roughly two returning starters. Yes. Tom Welch knows the system, but like there's an opportunity now for guys to find maybe more minutes than even Saint. If like, if we're comparing saints role, right. I do think there might be an increase just because we don't have that many people back. And I think mm-hmm. this is a different roster than we have had in previous, in recent years, just because of how many new faces we have, right? Regardless of just like, it's just, we don't have many veterans returning, right? We don't have 
um, the same team again. Lucas and um, Cam being there for four straight years, being st- nearly starters all four years or five, if we count right. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's now a new thing we have to think about. So that's a really good point of that, like what roles, but also now the, with the newness of a roster, there's just so many new opportunities that I think you don't have in recent years. So that's it. Yeah, something something to look forward toward. So. Lots of uh, flexibility and, like you said, lots of minutes to, to win over, potentially. Absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, going from there, I think we can kind of probably focus on uh, if we want to go to our, our awards. Um, sure. We, rather than me explain you know, some of these players when we just talk about them here. Um, so, yeah, we, we're going to give away three awards. You probably would have already known about that because we're probably going to post about it on Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. But um, we are going to talk about our most valuable player, our defensive player of the year, and then our newcomer of the year. And uh, we've already um, talked about uh, this this guy a bunch, but both of our picks for MVP is Brayden Norris. Um, I've already done a lot of talking about Brayden, so why don't you uh, why don't you kind of kick it off here and just tell us like a little bit more about why you picked him and and what uh what you think is like. Yeah, a ceiling is, or like, what do you think he can achieve this year? It, it it's it's so interesting because I I think I I don't I don't want to say that like having Lucas gone means there's so much higher of a ceiling. I just think there's like that captain leadership, right? That you need to take over in a sense. And again, we always go when I think of the the Valpo games or anything like that, like games or Bradley even, right? The games that got like really tough. You needed that leader. And again, we always say next man up, but I think this is an opportunity with with kind of new faces that I just mentioned, that that leader, that veteran, that's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the exciting part. Um, regardless of, I think, um, the stats, I think getting a team cohesive. And you can kind of see that, right? Guys knowing where people are, helping out on defense, right? Those are the little things that I'm going to be looking for from the leadership right now. Just because of maybe the inexperience of all playing together. Regardless of inexperience of talent, I think knowing how to play with each other helps tremendously. You saw that with the team um, two years ago, last year. Like, guys know each other, and I think they benefit off each other even more. So I think leadership is going to be a big task for me. Um, And I think that's why, again, that's why the most important player. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, more of the same for me. I mean... I just I think he is a great face of the program. Um, I'm really excited to see him match up with some really great guards in the A10, and Yuri Collins and Ace Baldwin and Malachi Smith when he's healthy for Dayton. Um, you know, there's there's five other ones that I don't know their names yet, but I know there's some really great point guards in the A10. So I'm interested to see how he does uh, on both ends of the court, uh, offense and defensively. I think. There's some uh, ability for him to surprise some people. Um, I I think he's a very very gifted scorer, and I, I he doesn't look like it, but I think he's going to give other teams issues this year. Um, you know, I, I think he's gonna put up 20 points on say a Dayton out of nowhere, or um, you know give uh, give George Mason 22 and eight assists, right and and they're just not going to expect it. I mean, I know he's been a solid player, but um, I think this year he just takes a leap um, and becomes that top player on our team, um, someone that uh, is going to be able to take us pretty far. 
I, I want to see him maybe create his own shot. I think he kind of showed it at the end of last season. Um, he, he showed like a little floater at times. Um, he would get into the paint and take those like free throw line jump shots. I like those, except when they're open. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him play this year and see, uh, see what kind of jump he takes from his uh, junior to senior season. Uh, moving on, do you want to go? Let's go to defensive player of the year. Um, I will start if you don't mind. Great. Um, so my pick for defensive player of the year is St. Thomas. Uh, I think there are going to be a lot of opportunities for a wing player in the A10 to make differences on a defensive end. Uh, there are, um, you know, a few top uh, players, wing players, and uh, I think it's Tyler Burton from Richmond who's solid and honestly might be an, an NBA draft prospect. Um, and I know Dayton has a bunch of like six, six ish players. Uh, and so I, I, but a lot is as good as some of the point guards are and as good as some of the bigs are in the A-10. I think the, the wing position, there's opportunities for, for players to, to, um, show out and be, be better than maybe some people expected. Um, I know I'm, I'm basically basing this off of three games in France in which one of the the streams was very uh, laggy and <laughs> inconsistent. Um, but I just saw him play with such a different intensity. And um, I don't know if it's that like promise of more playing time or knowing that if you make one mistake, you're not coming off the court. Um, his body is completely changed. Uh he has dropped weight and put on a ton of muscle. He looks lean and mean. Um, and that, like, having someone play with that tenacity for a game that doesn't matter against a team that's definitely better than you and older than you, uh, like, there is a mental shift for him. And I think that's a huge benefit and huge uh, a credit to him and the coaching staff uh, that I am very intrigued to see uh, how he uh, how Saint plays from day one on defense. I just think it's gonna it's gonna shock some people. I think he's gonna be able to uh, get uh, some. We've seen him block some shots last year. Um, I'd love to see those block shots and steals turn into fast break opportunities for him because he's a great passer as well. So, um, but as for defense, uh, I'm hopeful that Saint has quickened up enough to also play defense against some of the two guards. Um, and is big enough to maybe uh, and, and long enough to maybe give some of the smaller bigs some some defensive issues as well. So, yeah, my pick for defensive player of the year is St. Thomas. Uh, Lou, what uh, what say you? Yeah, I think uh, my pick is one close to the heart, of course, one of my favorite players and one I'm excited for to kind of be his own this year healthy-wise. going to be Marquise Kennedy. I think the ability now for him – um, uh, to kind of transform also on defense is going to be really key. I think offense and athleticism is there, um, and taking that potential, like, just amazing athleticism and turning it into just defensive power and play. Um, I think that's going to be one of the biggest things for me. Um, I look back to three seasons ago, honestly, when um, he like, honestly was probably one of the biggest – per game stats with his rebounds and with his points per game. And I think just progressive, right? Last year he had injury, maybe before he didn't play as many games 
But I think this year healthy and also kind of with more opportunity um, with being, again, starting um, and being a veteran, I think there's a lot of opportunity for him to take advantage of that defensive gap that has been left by Lucas in a year. And I think Marquise Kennedy could answer that call um, and especially help down low, right? I think he can, because of athleticism and his quickness, whether it's getting to the rim and then jumping like five feet in the air around a guy, I think on defense he can help get down on the block, get into the post, but as well as make sure you're on top of a guy on on the top of the key and stuff like that. Like there, I don't see a scenario where he won't be there to help, and I think that's the exciting part. Uh, for me, I'm very excited to see an increase in uh, kind of steals per game, potentially even blocks um, would be funny to see uh, just because I think he can get up there. Um, so uh, that's why I have for him. It's an open door defensively, but I really think he could walk through that door and find find a really good situation for him this year. Yeah, he'll definitely have a bunch of opportunities. And he'll, like we've talked about, there's some great guards. He'll be able to, I think if uh, he really shows up against some of the top guards, I think that will garner a lot of attention his way. Like if, you know, he goes to be matched up against VCU and he's playing mostly on East Baldwin and Baldwin goes three for 18 or something. Uh, like I think that could be a huge, uh, huge bonus for, for Marquise. Um, but yeah, uh, and then our last one uh, is newcomer of the year. Um, this is either like freshman, basically anyone who didn't play for Loyola last year, freshman or transfers. Um, and uh, Lou, if you want to want to start it off, uh, go ahead and talk about your guy. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest one for me um, is going to be just um, Bryce Golden. Um, I think it's already been almost in in every pregame thing. Um, it's going to be Bryce starting. I don't know. Um, I think there's, I don't think Jacob Hudson's going to make it easy if there's a competition, but I think the reason why it's Bryce for me is just because of what we saw last year with CK newcomer, kind of power forward, not as tall. Yeah. I think Bryce definitely has him on an inch or two, Um, but definitely not maybe as quick as CK. But however, though, I think with Drew noticing that last year, I think there will be role for Bryce, of course, right? So I think that's kind of one of my biggest question marks is the center uh, because, again, we saw it with Cam. We've seen it just with a team that has a center who can help and be there helps the flow of the game, right? Maybe if it's a pick and pop or just a pick and roll or just also just having a body kind of just moving in and out, right? Out of the paint, moving up, moving the ball, right? Being able to pass is huge. Um, kind of sometimes we would down, bounce it down low, drag your guy up. So I think Bryce could really make an impact. And I think, like we've said, so much this year's team is, is about opportunity, right? You're going to be given a lot of opportunity, and it's up to you as a player to take it, advantage of it or just kind of go with it, right? There, there's going to be a difference, right, to just follow along the game plan or just really step up and take advantage of it. So I think if Bryce does that, I think um, I think he'll potentially be in the running definitely for uh, – for newcomer of the year for our team. What say mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, dig a little deep. I'm gonna go with Ben Schweiger. I uh, I liked what I saw from him in France. Uh, I liked that he got a ton of opportunity. Um, you know, there there were a couple injuries there and a couple players out, but um, he got a ton of opportunity. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned or we've mentioned that uh, those freshman guards are going to get some opportunities with Sheldon being out for a little bit. I think Ben will get a ton of opportunity, too. Um, he's got some great guard skills. 
Um, it's kind of yet to be seen if he's really like a ball handler or more just like, you know, you're not too nervous if he is bringing up the ball. You know, there's a, there's a bit of a difference there. Um, but so I think he'll, he might even have a little more leeway uh, on, on the floor with making some mistakes or, um, you know, just his knowledge of the offense. Even though he didn't play last year, uh, he did, you know, practice with five of these guys or a few more, five or six um, last year. So I think there's some chemistry there. Um, I, I also think come A-10, A-10 play, uh, we've mentioned that there are some taller guards and, and a, a bunch of wing players. And if they need someone that is quick and also can uh, defend taller or longer players, I think Ben is, is an option there. Um, we've seen he can shoot the ball. Uh, I'm, I think there might be some teams that would sag off of him on defense, just not potentially not knowing what he can do. Uh, there's no film on him yet uh, from, from college. So, um, yeah, I just I think there's a lot of opportunity there from him. And um, – I'm I'm excited to see what he has to offer, uh, and uh, I think he'll get. Um, I think he'll win some some Rambler fan hearts fans hearts over before the end of the season. So I'm going with Ben Schwager. There we go. Maybe a little asterisk. I was going to wait until the pod to be like, wasn't he on the roster last year? Yeah. I, yeah. I, no, no, no. We're joking. No. I think newcomer <laughs> is definitely makes sense. Um, it's not. It was just. I was, Newcomer I to the courts. Absolutely. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So, no, maybe taking gold squad stats and putting them in real life. I like it. Yeah. So, no, but that, that's kind of just the, the awards. I think, again, preseason, right? Um, probably going to adjust, I think, not just awards, but just like who these guys are um, throughout the season. Um, but it's exciting. We're under a week away. Um, who doesn't want to? At least we definitely want to. We want to see. Um, guys dunking shooting in genteel we want to just be able to be there and to start now going to games that are gonna matter for march is really really exciting i think that's that's a big thing and we we kind of have a new team i think Mm -hmm. yeah new new faces for sure um similar identities with um who drew brought in guys to fit in roles um but it's it's kind of a team that if we had banners like nba teams right we'd be seeing a lot less banners than we saw maybe three seasons ago, for sure, right? Definitely yeah. last year. So uh, we, we would be putting up new faces, um, new video intros, which we're excited to see and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a lot to unfold, but excited to start it off here again. Episode three, which is crazy to say. I remember we started this two weeks ago for the new season, but um, <laughs> this is what it is, and I appreciate it. But we're, we're excited now to think next episode will – be given kind of a game recap so yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh speaking of like dunking i don't want to bet a, a friendly wager on who gets the first dunk of the season it, it counting oh, counting the counting sunday yeah. counting sunday yeah. oh that's tough counting sunday um i'm gonna say counting sunday first dunk marquise kennedy okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with like uh it's going to be a rim grazer, but I'm going with Bryce Golden. No, he, I was like, yeah. I was thinking, I was like, I was like, I got to look up highlights. I was like, does he get up too often? I yeah, He can. Mm. I, I don't think it's, I think he's probably a little more athletic than like Cam. Maybe, maybe CK level, but he's also two inches taller than CK. Yeah. So okay. I'm, I'm going to guess like, it's like a little, like, uh, just a post move. I think he's just going to get the ball fake one way go the other way and just like have a 
have an open open lane and just get a nice little dunk to, to start the game. Okay, okay. I was I think outliers we're gonna do wild cards. I mm-hmm. think Jalen Quinn for sure mm-hmm. on Sunday and Trey Lewis. Okay. I think two outliers because again I Jalen Quinn for sure a lot of dunks in his yeah. high school highlights. Trey Lewis also not afraid to get up there. Jane Dawson as well, but I'm just thinking Sunday you might see, but who knows? Mm-hmm. But we'll take there we go. Friendly. I, I've seen. Uh, I think there was some clowning of Braden on. I forget. This might have been a while ago. Actually, them talking about Braden dunking. Oh no! You know what it was? It was when I think it was when Braden was on uh, uh, Bears Blurs in Blackwater, and they were giving him crap about him like not dunking. But he he said that he dunked in like uh, one of the um, uh, warm ups. I can't remember which game. I think it was a knock. It might have been like DePaul, honestly, last year. And then, uh, so they were like joking with him about if he's gonna pull it out in the game. I would, I would guess if we're betting, Braden will probably have the lowest odds. <laughs> That's like a plus four thousand. I would even. I don't even. The only game I could think him dunking maybe Central Arkansas. That's the only yeah. thing. But again, I would. I don't want. I don't need him trying to dunk. That's the no, other thing. no, don't don't. <laughs> So, Definitely. but no, that's for sure. We'll see. Oh, oh, I just saw Tom Waltz's name. I was like, that could be an outlier could be for sure. Back to yeah. NB- NBC throwback. So, no, Ooh, but it's exciting. One of, the, one of the best dunks I've seen live. That was that was crazy against Bradley in the, uh, in yes, the tournament. Was. I was going to call it the A-10 tournament, but the NBC tournament. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I don't know. Just kind of last, like, I, guesses for the season. All I'm going to say is I don't think it's quite like last year where – we're expecting the tournament. Uh, I think a tournament or a regular season uh, championship would be a huge bonus. Uh, I think 20 wins. I think 20 wins for me is like a good benchmark uh, for a successful season. And top four in the conference is what I'm going to say is, is a successful season. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to even say top five for the conference for sure. Um, 20 wins, I think, easily needs to be a goal. Um, for sure, um, but yeah, top five. I think I think four is not saying it's a reach. I think top three is definitely a reach, um, just with the competition we have, right? Um, so, but excited overall, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm, yeah, so many things going through the brain, but we got a whole season to chat. So. <laughs> yeah, um, last sort of like uh, uh, um, what's it called administrative stuff. Um, next week, uh, kind of a fun thing. We're still trying to figure out the details, but we're actually going to do a live episode, uh, next Sunday night, I think on Twitter live. I think that's a thing that I've figured out exists. Um, so that'll be after the exhibition game. Uh, we're going to do it. It's actually going to be on video, right? Hopefully fingers crossed if everything goes well. Uh, and I figure out the camera and the lighting and all that. Um, and then there will be a recorded, it will still be a recording and it'll go on Apple podcasts and Spotify. So don't worry about that. Um, there, there's going to be some, some articles coming out soon. We're going to do previews of games, um, at least 24 hours ahead, just sort of a, here's who we're playing here, are the matchups, what is our history with them? And like, you know, what, what we're looking for in this game, um, and uh, keep on the lookout for women's basketball content, too. Their season's starting up. I get to sit courtside. Uh, wave to me at the media table if you're at the game. I'll be the one that has no idea what he's doing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's going to that's gonna do it. Um, unless you have any last thoughts? 
Cold Blurs. Yeah, you said it best. Uh, thank you all for listening. Don't forget, always remember, Go Blurs. Mm-hmm.